Welcome to Voices from the Street, the radio ministry of the Sacramento Union Gospel Mission. Prepare your heart for laughter and tears as we share the unpolished stories of the homeless and hurting, hope and transformation. Here is your host, Director of the Union Gospel Mission, Pastor Tim Lane. Well, I'm glad you joined us today. I got to tell you, you know, it's an exciting time at the mission. It's our 60th anniversary this year, and we're going to try to do some things to point that out. And We are just so grateful for all your support all these years. You know what? I know a lot of you are discouraged right now. I know that it seems like, wow, you know, it seems like the darkness is moving in on the church and on its people sometimes, but... You know what? I don't feel that way. I really don't. I can feel the heartbeat of the mission as it picks up speed and strength, and I can feel the heart of the church as it starts to beat stronger and stronger. Whether there's a revival coming, I don't know, but you know what? There can be a revival in your heart. There is certainly one I know goes on in mine. I pray every day that I will love God with my whole heart, that I will think of of the church, I will think of its people, that I will seek not to sin against God, and not in some puritanical way, but in a joyful way of celebration that God has delivered me from this body of death. You know, 2 Corinthians says we are oppressed on every side, but not crushed, perplexed, but not in despair, persecuted, but not abandoned, struck down, but not destroyed. We always carry uh, around in our bodies the death of Jesus so that the life of Jesus may also be revealed in our bodies. So we can never truly be crushed, folks. There's never a time that the church will be destroyed. And you know that goes for you as well. The most that they could ever hope to do would be to crush the body, to, to kill us, to enslave us, to put us in jail. But that is not defeat. You know, God is just is opening doors at the mission for people who are coming to, to come to that saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. Men are graduating the program and, and moving on to wonderful things. I just had one of our guys who, he went to work, and he's he's just doing so well, and he loves God, and he praises God all the time. He has graduated for quite a while now, but he comes back all the time, and he, with it, he brings that that praise of God that things are changing in his life. I have another man on the program, or well, he graduated the program, and he's going to uh, Bible school. He's not going to become a pastor, but just so that he can teach and he can be part of a church and he can know the God that saved him. That's amazing stuff to me. And so when we look around and we see with a little bit of despair the way things are going, I'm just asking you folks— to remember who God is. You know, here, try this. In the morning, you know, before you start your day or sometime before you go to work or you start whatever you're going to do, get on your knees 
and start to pray for other people. You know, Steve Gasser and Ann and I were, and Mark were just talking about the fact that what a privilege it is to come and, and start to pray for other people. And now check this out. If you start praying, thank you for everything. Thank you for the salvation that God had visited on you. Thank you for the people that are in your life. Thank you even for the difficult times. And then moving on and and starting to pray for people. I pray for people at the radio station. I pray for people at the mission. I pray for people at call. And you know what? When you're on your knees and you're praying to God and you're going down that list, you'd be surprised by the time you get to the end of that list, you have very little time to pray for yourself. And certainly a great prayer is, God, just help me love you the way you want me to love you. Help me to see you with eyes that are of eternity and not temporal. Help me, Father God, to love other people and to put other people ahead of what I want and my desires. Do we always do that? No. Are you a failure if you don't? No. None of that. But you will find your life so much richer if, if you will start with those simple prayers. You know what? Like I said, I'm looking at the women's clothes closet. And the women's clothes closet which was languishing for quite a while, is now picking up speed again. You know, we have 10 women, 11 women, 15 women, and I don't think it'll be too long before we'll have to open the women's clothes closet open two days. As I told you guys before, we're trying to figure out, we bought these portable showers, we're trying to figure out a way that some of those ladies can do that. We look at the homeless situation. And we see the tents on the street, we see the trash and the refuse and everything, and we say, those people don't need help. They just need to be taken off the sidewalk. Okay, but that's not all of them. There are men every day that come to the mission, and they want to get off the street. They want to get out of what they're doing, and they want to work for a living. This gentleman I just told you about who's buying a mobile home he wanted to recover. He had never been in his own house before. He had always been in trouble and all these things going on. But guess what? God lifted him out of that. And he's not on the street. And he's not in jail. And he's not breaking the law. He's loving God. And he's working hard. His boss loves him because he works hard. So let's not group them all together. The guy on the street, and he may be the changed guy tomorrow, lots of the folks on the street who just get sick and tired of being the way they are will come to the mission, and they'll go through the program, and they'll do the nine-month program, and then they'll stay with us for a few more months as they're trying to get jobs. They're not the problem. The problem are those that don't want any help. But again, let me remind you that sometimes the people who don't want help today want help tomorrow. And so 
yes, we're going to always have the poor with us. We're always going to have those that don't want to work. We're always going to have those that would rather break the law. We're going to have those that don't care about keeping the streets decent. And I, I'm as frustrated by those things as you guys are. But please, when you know, when you guys are, are donating or you're giving us clothes and stuff, we do everything we do so we can tell people about the love and the transformative power of Jesus Christ. And so, uh, you know, I, I see great hope out there. Like I said, 60 years ago on 2nd Street in old Sacramento, a bunch of businessmen who were Christians said, we got to do something to tell people about Jesus Christ. And oh, yeah, there are people that are hungry and we need to feed them as well. And that's how they started this little humble storefront on 2nd Street in old Sacramento, which, and I've told you this guy before, if you didn't grow up in old in Sacramento, you might think old Sacramento was always the tourist area that it is today. It wasn't. It was the slum area. It was terrible. Everything from prostitution and drugs and alcohol and and just it was a terrible place until they redid it and made it into old sack. So 60 years ago, these guys didn't say, hey, let's, uh, let's get a storefront in a really upscale area. No, they went where the need was. And to this day, the mission, when the mission was started, it was really a tough area of town. And even today, there's a lot of homelessness. You you drive down, and you come to the mission, and you drive by and you see tents and stuff like that. But let me remind you that that's only part of the story. Come inside. Let me give you a tour. Look around. See the changed lives. Meet some of the people who who are completely transformed. I've got a van driver, and many of you have, have probably met him as he came and picked up stuff from you. But 17 years ago, he was on the street. He always said, well, I lived in the park. But the reality is, when I got there, he had graduated the program, and I hired him to work in the warehouse. And then later on, when we lost our van driver, I hired him to drive the van. Success story. He is a loving guy. He, he, he would give you the shirt off his back, and I've seen him many times open that wallet of his to help somebody else. So I, I just see what the world doesn't always see. I have a man who's my nighttime supervisor who I'm praying for right now because He's a wonderful guy. He's a giant of a guy, and, and I love him dearly. And he's had a little bit of a problem with maybe his heart, but they're not sure. And, and so we're praying for him. But there you go, too. He was a force to be reckoned with out on the street. He was huge as far as, I mean, you know, this was bodybuilder quality. He was big, and he knew how to handle himself. And so, like I said, he could be a force to be reckoned with out on the street. I've been over to his house. 
His wife, who loves him, is a nurse. He's got a son who's in the Marine Corps. He's got another son that's an MMA fighter. I'm just telling you, I see these transformed lives. I see these these people that the world thought were broken beyond repair, and they're not broken beyond repair. There's nobody broken beyond God's healing power. Jesus Christ can reach into any life. And the transformation, I just wish, I guess sometimes I get frustrated because I know what people see on the surface. And they don't see the lives that are actually 100% changed, that aren't there begging from you out on the street, that aren't littering out there, that aren't committing crimes, that aren't beating people, aren't, that aren't slamming drugs. No, they're transformed, and they're not transformed by me. They're transformed by Jesus Christ because he put us at that mission. Over the years, we've had people come up against the mission. We've had them try to take us by eminent domain. We've had uh, groups of people that wanted to see us moved out of the area into uh, actually even another town. But here's the thing. God placed us there, and we do make a difference. And we do make a difference because the people there love God. I, I have, I just hired, I told you, and I had him on the show. I hired a new chaplain, and he's young, and he's enthusiastic, and he loves God with all his heart, and I'm going to have him back on the show pretty soon. But he is enthusiastic, and he loves being at the mission every day. Does he love to be there because of the pay? And so at 4 o'clock, he could run out the door. No, not at all. He loves, he likes to use the phrase, he likes to have organic conversations with our men. So in other words, they're not set for a specific time for him to counsel them. They just come by to talk to him and to get his perspective and to pray with him and stuff. And that's, that's excellent. I mean, it doesn't always have to be a structured time, right? And I've had guys come and we're talking, we'll sit, and it's just an amazing thing. If you've never been to the mission, you need to come and see. Again, I told you that we we rehab the the first third of the building and then, well, a little more because we put a new roof on. We did it for several reasons. One, it turned out to be a safety reason and a health reason, and we're grateful that we did it. But it also tells these guys out on the street and our program guys that God's people and God love them just because they're not in a penthouse or they're not in a middle-class neighborhood or they've never had a good education. Uh, And by the way, some of them have that God still reaches those people. I mean, do we think that that God sits in an ivory tower and picks and chooses by looks or intelligence or because we're something special? If that's the case, I don't think he would have ever chosen me because I'm just your average run-of-the-mill type of person. Endowed by God to run the mission, 
only because he took me there and not because I had some special quality. I told you guys that I told the board of directors when I first took over that there's got to be 10,000 men more qualified to be the director or the CEO or whatever you want to call them of the Union Gospel Mission than am I. But see, God equips those he sends, and he sends those he's going to equip. So at any rate, I would like you guys to come down and take a look. And the other part of that, which I would like to say to you is, Many of you out there feel ill-equipped to do anything in the kingdom of God. And you're wrong. If God gives you a task, he's going to make sure you have everything you need to complete that task. Does that surprise you? You don't have to have a Harvard education. You don't have to be the strongest, the tallest, the best-looking, the greatest speaker or have any of the normal qualities that we would think as a leader. You just need to be available to what God has for you to do. And I think we talked about it once that, you know, uh, throughout the Bible, the primary qualification for people is a phrase. Here I am, Lord. Wow. Nehemiah said, here I am, Lord. And... Uh, Moses said, well, I, I can't speak, I, you know, but here I am. And so it's an amazing thing to me. It's an amazing thing that, that God chooses any of us. So if you're feeling discouraged today that God can't use you, have you tried to make yourself available to God? Because I try every day to go before him as inadequate as I sometimes feel. And yes, sometimes I get depressed or blue or whatever you want to term it. But at the end of the day, I always know that God is going to lift me up at the end of time, that when that trumpet blows, that I'm going to hear that trumpet and that I'm going to be raised up. I, I know that if I die tomorrow or today or, or whenever— that I didn't have to earn my way into heaven. I, I heard a sad statement from somebody one time that said, I hope that I have done enough good works to earn my way into heaven. It was sad because they didn't. Nobody has. I don't care what kind of good works you have done. You can't earn your way into heaven. It is a free gift given to you by a holy God. How do we worship him? Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, one God. The Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. How are you saved? You're saved by grace through faith, and this not even of yourselves. How do you come to Jesus? You come with your hands empty. You come broken. You come repentant. You come in faith. And you lay your sins on the altar. You lay them at the foot of the cross. And Jesus will pay the price. You couldn't possibly pay yourself. And not only that, but now check this out. This is amazing. I really like this. He not only cleared the blotter, 
He not only wiped out my sins, past, present, and future, but he also bestows his son's righteousness on me so that no matter what, God the Father sees me as his righteous child. And guess what? Not just me, but you too. Have you ever thought of that, if you're a believer? And so some of us, some of you, every day struggle to work your way into heaven, trying to do something you were never designed to do. You were never designed to try to work your way into heaven. Do we do good works? Yeah, we do good works. Why? So we can earn salvation? No, that's not why. You do good works out of the gratitude and the love that you have for the Father. Thank you. You have saved me from eternal damnation. I want to tell other people about you. I want to serve you all my life. I want, I want to be able to dance for joy that the King of kings and Lord of lords is my Father. So I'm going to work as hard as I can not to earn your salvation, but because you've given me your salvation. Man, that is liberating. That is freeing. That takes a burden right off of you and puts it right on Christ. And guess what? He's wanting you to do that. He's not wanting you to clench your teeth and I'll do better next time, knowing that you can't do better next time. That I've prayed a hundred times that I stopped doing that one sin and, and then I failed and did it again. Okay. Praise God that he is sovereign and holy. Come to him, as I said, with your hands empty. Come to him with your heart open. Come to him in repentance. Not just, I feel bad I got caught, or, gee, I, I feel a little sorry about that. You know, that wasn't too good to do. How about truly repentant? I have sinned against a holy God. I am deserving of nothing in life, and I am deserving of hell to come. And yet, this beautiful, majestic God would send his son to earth to, to live a righteous life, to go to the cross, to pay the price, to suffer all the indignity that he suffered from being humiliated in front of the world, to being beaten, to having a crown of thorns jammed on his head, to have his back stripped. And he did that for me. Man, that is amazing. So do not be defeated. Know that Christ is your Savior. If you have come to him in true repentance and, and in faith, you have come. And if you have come, you're never going to be lost. And if you have come to Jesus Christ, they can do nothing. No one can ever crush you. They can never snatch you out of the hands of a sovereign, holy God. Please come to the mission and see what, what has gone on there. Feel the joy that is there. Feel the joy that the people have of salvation. And remember that, that if you feel defeated, 
then you need to be looking to the cross, to the empty tomb, to the risen Savior. So as always, my dearest friends, until we meet again, may God hold you in the palm of his hand. You've been listening to Voices from the Street, the radio ministry of the Sacramento Union Gospel Mission. If your heart's been touched and you want to know more about the work of the mission, log on to UGMSAC.com, UGMSAC.com. To donate clothing, food, time, or financial help, call 916-447-3268, 916-447-3268. Thank you so much for listening. Join us again next week at the same time for Voices from the Street.